What's up? Welcome to a new episode of Movie Schmovie. Uh, this is our weekly movie podcast. This is episode number 293. I am one of three co-hosts. My name is Steve, and I'm here as I'm always. I'm Ron. Wow. Wow. Jump the gun. Jump the gun. See, I wanted you're, coming to... in, you're coming in hot. You want that overlap? I like it. I like it. You told me You told me that I had sort of a delay, so I wanted to get you right you at the... You wanted to jump. Yeah, you jumped it. I, I got it. I got it. Yeah. It's a good call. It's a good call. Ron's one and of the those, one... be careful what you wish for, guys, you know? <laughs> I guess so, yeah. yeah. I apologize, but yeah, I and wanted I'm, to I'm not that way. Yeah. I'm John. I'm a little yeah, bit more John. laid back. I can kind of hang yeah. back and wait until everyone else has said their name and then I can just kinda come in with it and I'm John. I cannot. And I'm John. I carumba. <laughs> Ronald will be will be doing all of Bart Simpson's catchphrases from nineteen eighty nine. That's that's the doing? topic of the podcast today. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, just Ronald Bart Simpson's I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm uh, just uh, catching up on a lot of stuff, trying to watch some stuff. I don't know, mm-hmm. catching up on some Netflix of it all that I haven't watched uh, in a couple weeks. So I know we're going to be kind of going over a bunch of stuff today. I mean, well, I don't know. Maybe we talked about this maybe. going into the episode that. Uh, yeah, people should know that this is this is like, especially in the modern like, era of us talking, this is a very rare example of us really doing this out of habit this is like muscle memory that we started recording an episode because we have no idea really what we're doing yeah. except that we know that things have happened and things have been watched so we, we figure there's a there's an episode here but yeah i have no idea what we're gonna get to <clears throat> it's wild it's and loose yeah wild and loose and i really enjoy that yeah mm. it's something special yeah so we'll start we with some... news i guess yeah <clears throat> man hit us with some news steve please i mean i the thing that I've sent you guys before we recorded, like breaking news, it's all over Twitter today or this evening. This is we record this on Wednesday, but um, mm-hmm. it hasn't been, I guess, finalized yet. But it seems that you know there's a massive deal going down for the two sequels, not just a sequel, two two sequels to Ryan Johnson's Knives Out. Um, it's being reported that Netflix is basically trying to lock this down. And really bring in what's probably like their first tried and true film franchise um, to the platform. And the number being thrown around is somewhere between four and four hundred and four hundred and fifty million dollars uh, to get these two titles. And apparently there was like a uh, behind closed doors kind of secret bidding thing going down between Amazon, Apple and Netflix. And uh, I don't know. I'm sure this is something that's going to be locked up, and by the time this episode comes out, it'll probably be confirmed and all that good stuff. But apparently, Ryan Johnson's been pretty busy in the past year and a half writing two sequels to, uh, you know, The Hit Knives Out. There was a movie that I think they I think it was only made for like thirty-five million dollars and made over three hundred million dollars worldwide. So, Wozer. huge movie, huge cast. Um, I loved Knives Out. It made my top ten the year it came out. Um, and I think you guys both enjoyed it as well. Oh yeah, I loved it. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was so good. It's just really, it's really did feel like a good kind of like I guess you know um, original kind of property that mm-hmm. they made on their own and sold to Lionsgate, and that's why this deal is so unique. Is that you know Lionsgate put out Knives Out, and usually you know they would probably leverage that into putting out the sequels for these movies, but not the case it seems. And it's a really weird kind of unique way they went about doing it. Cause like they basically made it and sold it and retained full rights to it. Ryan Johnson. And uh, I think one of his, either the co-writer or co-producer of the first film, mm. um, Ram Bergman uh, is his producing partner. 
that's a name, Ram Bergman. Um, yeah. But yeah, first movie cost forty million, made over three hundred and eleven. Just wild, man. What do you guys? What do you guys think about this as a property? And then, like I said at the at the jump, like it does feel like we. we I think John, you've mentioned it a few times, and we've all kind of hit this note about Netflix having like a big franchise, and um, whether it's TV, a series, or or a movie property, it does feel like this is maybe the big one or a big one that maybe they have in the pipeline. I mean, yeah, that's huge <clears throat> for it to be that big of a movie in the theaters and. And even though they didn't start the franchise, so to speak, they would be the ones there bringing it to us when it becomes a franchise, because it wasn't right. a franchise when it got started. I have to believe Ryan Johnson thought there might be more to this, but everything I've read makes it seem like he only realized after people responded so well to it that this could be something more. So it almost kind of right. seems like the idea of taking Daniel Craig's character, Benoit Blanc, or Blanc, is it is Benoit Blanc, I think? Anyway, I think it's Benoit yeah. Blanc. <laughs> uh, taking his character from the first movie and turning him into the sort of recurring character that's sort of hinted at in that movie, but it feels very <sighs> self-contained. <clears throat> so to say we're going to actually do that with sequels, we're going to turn him into, you know, not Sherlock Holmes, but that kind of character who yeah. comes comes yeah. upon a scene and gets involved. What I love about this is that if, if we look at Knives Out as the one that sets the format, then these movies can be like, what great celebrity what what big names are here to play for this yes. because uh it's a cast of six or seven like name actors in knives out uh bouncing off of each other and maybe even i mean they could pull some of the same people michael shannon could show up with a different hair and accent you know what i mean like they could have all yeah, kinds of yeah. fun with these movies i'm not suggesting it should be campy i'm saying that knives out had a certain strain of almost camp that um made it sort of fun i think we we compared it to like any kind of like all-star like you know the, the murder mystery movie is already out there with the with the celebrities in it but like mini series from the 80s or whatever where it's just like a bunch of stars not quite slumming but getting together to do something kind of kind of fun so yeah i could see these being really enjoyable movies so for that reason wow it, you know netflix like it might be a a, a kind of a guaranteed product so to speak i hate to call it a product but you know what i mean it's like it's not like bringing in some some someone in developing it the netflix way this is being developed outside of netflix and and brought in um and it seems like it's it's there to burnish their brand kind of and say look what we've got um yeah I, I agree man um for ryan johnson to make an original film with no computer generated uh, anything in it it's just a bunch of people acting their asses off suspense um i think it feels incredible for it to for an original series to get a launch pad like this it, it feels yeah. good because we were so used to hearing about films that are remakes of things that came out 10 years ago or something like that and for for ryan johnson to create a movie that i i change i mean look when I think about murder mysteries and things like that, I'm 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 thinking about PBS and MPT and stuff like that. Those are some of the better ones I've ever seen. So for there to be like a a film version that really is 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 really well put together and as suspenseful as it is as it is from start to finish, I can't wait. I can't wait. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. It is something that, I mean, again, I'm sure by the time this podcast comes out, it'll probably be announced officially official. 
Mm. like with numbers. But I mean, there's reporting on deadline that this is something that's going to start shooting in June. And like, you know, this is like, that's, that's wild. I mean, so it's been obviously something that's been happening behind the scenes for a bit, but um, yeah, I just echo everything you guys just said. The, The main thing being that just like, you know, he went and made this movie that is obviously his type of, you know, uh, oh, it's like an Agatha Christie type thing, uh, who done it. And it was a huge success. And again, it's this idea of all these character, some character actors, just stars in some cases, you know, like you got Chris Evans and Jamie Lee Curtis, you know, you have huge names in this movie and it was a huge hit. And, um, yeah, you're right, Ronald. It's really cool to see something that was like an original property where there's no CG, you know, becoming what probably will be the biggest production Netflix has ever done. And wow. it's not like uh, the Irishman or it's not the Russo brothers gray man that they're shooting now, which is I think currently the biggest production to date. But I mean, this, this package, you know, split between two movies, if it is closer to four fifty, I think that that would probably be the biggest thing they've ever done um, at, at the, at the streamer. So yeah, I'm super excited for this. And it's kind of crazy to think that the whole idea of knives out, like and, and Daniel Craig's involvement in it was all basically by accident. You know, like the fact that, Danny Boyle dropped out of Bond, uh, you know, that kind of bought some time for him to do this movie before they, you know, Carrie, you know, joined the project and they actually shot No Time to Die. But, you know, it's this could be something that, you know, Bond is Bond. But I mean, this could be something that like Daniel Craig now has as like a real, like another real franchise, you know, like this could be what people know him from a whole different group of people uh, watching movies. Um, and it could be, you know, ultimately what Ryan Johnson becomes known for in the long term. Yeah. You know, this this series, this trilogy, or this this just franchise. It's kind of it's kind of bonkers. But yeah, well, I, mean, I love you, it. I love it's, it. If you've been watching Ryan Johnson at all, it's been obvious that he's working on something because there hasn't been like news about any particular thing that he's doing. You know, and he's always been cagey yeah. about those those Star Wars movies that he was supposed to do. Like he talks like it's still on on you know, on the schedule, but, or not on the schedule, but like that it's going to happen, but that a plan, yeah. but that it's like not the the next or the next or the next thing that anybody's got going on. So it was obvious that a guy like that has got something coming. And then when I heard about that, uh, Natasha Leone series that he's developing, isn't that right? That he's doing that with her. Yeah. That yeah. was my thought where I was like, okay, maybe that's what he's been working on. A series takes a lot of work, but then this announcement is like, oh yeah, he's mentioned that he might do sequels to this. Then he kind of went mom about it, made it sound like there were no real plans. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it does feel, and I, I guess what I'm underlining now is just, this is big for Ryan Johnson too, even though the guy's already made a Star Wars movie, this is, this is an even bigger sort of clout move for him. Because when you talk about the Irishman, that's not a yeah. franchise, but it's the Martin Scorsese franchise that, that Netflix was getting into. This is, this is, you know, Ryan Johnson too, as much as it is Knives Out, it's Ryan Johnson. I also think it's Daniel Craig as much as it is Knives Out. Like he's an actor that I think a lot of people respect and like to see and you mentioned franchise being able to hop from bond in into a franchise that allows him to age you know yeah definitely <laughs> it absolutely. might you know out of a franchise that doesn't want you to age or that maybe every movie <laughs> has to comment on the fact that you're over 40 um <clears throat> so no i think that there's a uh, there's a lot to be excited about there especially just when they announce the cast I, you there's got to be some you know there's you know there's going to be someone in there that's going to make you smile just hearing that they're in um, yeah. uh, a quick, re- just a knee-jerk reaction. Who would you put in uh, Knives Out 2? <laughs> I'm just going to start. John Turturro. Uh, sure, sure. You could, I, just, I, that, I feel like you the, could pick anybody to put that's in. That's the Mads first name. Mil- that, huh? Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, yes. Sure, perfect. He's, he has such a, like, uh, snarky, 
And he's huge. Like he's Imagine a big guy. Mads like, Mikkelsen and John Turturro together. I mean, we've never seen that before. <laughs> oh, man. That would be so good. you add to it? Who's, who's strapped <laughs> on an elevator with Mads Mikkelsen and John Turturro when the lights go out and the murder happens? <laughs> who's, who's a rival uh, of, the, of the female persuasion that could, could hold, hold uh, water with them? Oh, gosh. I got, I got someone on the brain because we were just talking about her, but Rebecca Hall. <clears throat> yeah, oh, Rebecca. she's not bad. She's not bad. I'm thinking a little more quirky. Oh, uh, Kristen Stewart. Man, Kristen Stewart mm. is a serious actress. Why? Why are you doing this to her? No, I like Kristen Stewart. That's just I don't know that I'm. That's not who I'm thinking. I'm picturing that, with the two that you said. His picture in the. I, I like. This, I like her. Yeah. No, I, I think uh, we all have come to like. Yeah. It's funny that Pattinson and Stewart were never the issue with the Twilight. <laughs> yeah. Really. <laughs> right. right. It's crazy. I mean, you know what? There you go, Natasha Leone. What are you talking about? Okay. Okay. Like yeah. that. That's like, hey. I mean, that's that's a great little uh, group right there. Yeah. I didn't mean Kristen Stewart. I meant Kristen Wiig. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I knew that's I what met, you meant. I knew I that's Kristen what you Wig. meant. I would never. Oh, I would Kristen never. Wig. I would when you never said Kristen, I was like yeah. Stewart. I would never have made that big of a deal for Kristen Stewart, and that's no offense to her. It's just I thought I'm maybe you saw Wig. those Diana photos and were like high on Kristen Stewart. I'm like. This has to happen. No, but Wig, I get behind that. <laughs> she's, too. But she's one of those, yeah, she's one of those nice little tonal, those people who could fit into a slightly heightened uh, yes. uh, but serious tone. And she might test it, but she would, uh, yeah. Now I want to see that. We're going to... Speaking of Brian's wigs, listening. have you seen her, have, have you seen Kristen Stewart's wig as Diana? No, I haven't seen. Oh, you know, I've seen, uh, no, I've seen pictures, but I, don't, I didn't realize that was her. <laughs> okay, so now I need to go yeah, back and that, look. That's Kristen that's Wig. Her. Okay, yeah, wow. Yeah. That's Kristen yeah. Wig. I mean, Kristen Stewart. Wow, we're confused. <laughs> I don't, I don't know who we're talking about. I think Kristen Wiig first? was wearing a Stewart. That's what I got from this. Oh, God. Oh, man. That's uh, funny. Yeah, but, so yeah, it's... I don't know, man. It's, it's coming up. If they're shooting this in, like, two and a half months or whatever it is, June, the end of June, I think they said they're shooting it in Greece. It's oh, just, wow. like, you're going to start hearing stuff in the next month or so easily. Um, That's really cool. Yeah. No, it's exciting. I can't wait to see what comes of those. Very excited yeah. for that. So. Any other news? Uh, any anything jumping off that you guys want to talk about? No, uh, not that I could think of. Um, no. <laughs> no news. No, no news. news. I mean, that's that pretty much wipes everything out. Honestly, how about how do you feel about um, uh, Charm City Kings, the director? Did you see that he got announced as he's directing the next uh, Transformers movie? Mm-mm. No, what? Angel, uh, what's his name? Angel, Angel Manuel Soto. Yeah, let me see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's him. So I saw that he he's supposed to be doing. Um, let me see what if they actually what what they said. They said what it was. Latest film. It doesn't say much about it. Joins the previously announced movie from Creed to Stephen Capel Jr. on the franchises. Yeah, I don't know, but basically he's he was announced as the next director uh, for the next uh, Transformers movie. I like Charm City Kings. Me too. Uh, Me too. Yeah, it did capture like an action that I, I I just wasn't expecting it to have. Man, like I, I think at the heart of it, sure. I mean, some of the accents were kind of muddy, um, but. The action that they captured and the suspense and the relationships, I thought were pretty cool. Um, am I picturing a bunch of computer-generated robots 
in a situation where this guy could kind of helm a, a film like that I, I don't know um yeah i mean why not why not let's see what happens i think i think it's like those sensibilities though like like that uh what travis knight brought to the bumblebee movie i think that's really what they need to focus more on if yeah. that's the if that's the route that they're going like you know the things that you can kind of see in a movie like charm city kings a smaller movie you know there is some action in it but i mean i think all that kind of stuff, the, the, the studio, the system, like, you know, the, the FX groups and houses, they really kind of bring that to fruition. Mm. I think a lot of the like human stuff and like the, you know, the emotional stuff, the, that you really kind of like the most in Bumblebee, you know, kind of like what made that work the most. And then that allows, you know, some of the action to, to be enjoyable um, or more enjoyable rather. I mean, I, I like most of the Transformers movies. Some of them are really bad, but I mean, I think, they're going to keep making these movies. So I like picking, you know, different types of filmmakers, you know, coming from different types of movies in their filmography. I think that's an interesting choice. And um, I don't know. Yeah. There's not a whole lot of details. It's it just that also that's being written by the, the, uh, the co-creator and showrunner that did the Netflix Marvel series, the defenders. Hmm. Oh. That's a weird, I don't know. It's an interesting team. I, I didn't, I didn't make it. I didn't watch all of the defenders, but um, it's interesting when they want to mention a credit just to mention a credit, but it's not a credit that makes you feel any particular yeah. kind of a way. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, uh, all that's right. A good, well, that's a good you, point. Didn't, you didn't have to, you know, so much, so often you think about the compliment of like naming the thing that the person's associated with, or you think right. of the joke, the, almost the insult of like taking someone big and naming the thing that they're least known for. But like when it's someone who like, they're known for something or that there's something they worked on that's known, but they're not known right. for it. That's kind of what it is. Like no one knows who wrote the defenders, you know, you could just walk away from yeah. that. No one has to know. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. I, I guess I was kind of burnt out on those shows by the time they hit that defenders show that um, I'd have to go back. I was and re so burned out. I'd man. have to go back and rewatch them though, because you know, like that's the kind of stuff we would watch now just binge a show until we're done with it and you know if we decided we were going to go through those marvel shows that wouldn't be awful but i do remember yeah. feeling kind of th there was something there or more accurately there was something not there um uh, once i was like trying to get through the second season of daredevil and you know i don't know there, there's something yeah. about those shows that left me cold but i i, I don't know so i didn't expect too much i don't think but it, i might have expected a little bit more uh like mm of just connection to the world of the movies or something, you know? <clears throat> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. <clears throat> Isn't Charlie Cox supposed to be playing Daredevil in the next uh, Spider-Man movie? That's, that's, the, that's the rumor. That's one of many rumors what... unsubstantiated, yeah. right? About yeah, that I think that's movie. never been, yeah. like, confirmed, I don't think. But, yeah. So, and that, that that date didn't get moved, right? Is that still falling within 2020? Yeah. One? Right. So as it's far as we know, 2021, yeah, yeah, 2020. Watch yourself, counselor. It's 2021. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's like in the second December, right? Or yeah. right yeah. in the winter somewhere. Right in the winter. That's such an interesting. This is an it's interesting good. year for films, man. I, and you can hear us talk about more Marvel stuff if you watch our uh, YouTube only uh, Marvel. That, that was just a little taste to remind you. Yeah, of just what you, a small. What you've been missing on this show for the last like month and a half or so, which is uh, that we haven't been talking about Marvel stuff, and I I let yeah. it slip. I apologize. <clears throat> yeah. Somehow we ended I'm up glad. on that yeah, subject. That's fine. Yeah. 
YouTube exclusive. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of comic booky stuff, though, I did want to go back and pick up something. When we talked about Justice League, uh, the Snyder Cut, we talked so much mm -hmm. about just the reaction to the Snyder Cut aspect of it that we didn't talk much about certain parts of the movie. And I think since we had been kind of tracking the story of Ray Fisher's treatment um, mm -hmm. and, and his claims, uh, you know, and how that story was kind of happening around the same time as the Justice League news was breaking and so it's like this future role that cyborg was supposed to have maybe even in the flash movie that they're making now um, right that now obviously it's at least at an impasse because ray fisher is is at odds with wb because they haven't officially answered his claims or his questions you know um but this movie did a lot for cyborg if you want to look at that character getting a storyline and i just we never talked about that part of it i wondered what did you to think of the Ray Fisher aspect of that movie and Cyborg's role and the way that he had a little bit more of a story, you know, it felt like that movie was, in addition to setting up this whole storyline that we never got to see, it also was setting up Cyborg as a major character, which is odd now. Another oddity of the DCEU would be if that movie comes out and shows you what the, what the, they had planned for Cyborg, and now we're hearing, okay, well, he's not going to be involved in the future for these obvious reasons. I just wonder what you guys thought of all that. Yeah, I mean, maybe that's a that, that's a discussion within itself, maybe, because to, to, before I say that, I kind of wanted to talk about the idea of what DC kind of said after the movie came out, which was basically that um, Justice League was a very special circumstance. Uh, you know, the, 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 the energy surrounding the movie was kind of strange, and then they're not going to basically abide by the, the the screams of the fans in the same way ever again essentially is what they well i mean what they're kind of saying is that's not really what they did this time either that the fans right. they they the snyder cut hashtag obviously kept it alive but what mm -hmm. really made this almost inevitable in some way was that Zack snyder had shot a movie that didn't really mm -hmm. get finished and there's this service where they want, you know, and I'm not going to call it a movie. I'm going to call it content. They want content for HBO Max. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why they would have said, okay, we can put some money into this thing that people are very, very curious about. But the reason why this happened has a lot more to do with Zack Snyder and, and what he had in mind, I think, than it did with the notion of the fans are crying. However, don't you think that this now sets up this world where the fans think they 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 got what they wanted by screaming loud enough. And now they're yes. now it's hashtag restore the Snyder verse. And they supposedly mm. were bombing the reviews for a uh, uh, Kong versus Godzilla. I don't know. I mean, it just feels like th did fans get the wrong message from what happened with, uh, I mean, that's, I guess I'm si That's a sidestepping question to the cyborg Ray Fisher question, but that's another thing I wonder is like, did fans who, you know, loved or hated this movie doesn't matter. Um, yeah. but does this send the message that, oh yeah, yeah, you can just yell at, uh, DC and they'll, they'll do what you want. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, Ray Fisher's role was pretty significant in the, in the, the new version of yeah. Justice League. I thought Cyborg is insanely power. I mean, like his powers yeah. are much stronger than what you would think, even yeah. knowing the character from other properties, they make him kind of like, oh, he's also the internet, you know, yeah. <laughs> which makes yeah. him like. <laughs> I don't know. Just a, it feels like they were setting him up to be another kind of godlike DC character, you know, which is yeah. not the way I envisioned that character. But it was kind of cool to see that idea. Yeah, I thought he was really good. I mean, definitely seeing more of him in that character, and especially how it fleshes out the story of, of that whole movie. Mm. Uh, it serves both ways, I think. You know, just both for more screen time, more, uh, you know acknowledgement that like it's a pretty good performance too like you know he's really good in the movie you know especially with it expanded so it is kind of a bummer that you know most people 
won't know him from that any you know like because if the people aren't watching the the Zack Snyder's Justice League they're you know they're seeing the one before which is such a minor character that it's like you know it's kind of laughable when you kind of compare the two um yeah but yeah and then and then to the restore the Snyderverse stuff yeah I mean I think that I mean I think the wild card in all this that, that like kind of gets lost sometimes is just simply that like I think also a big thing that allowed this to happen is just the fact that coronavirus happened you know yeah. and like you know HBO Max decides to do a launch during it and you know it's because you're capitalizing on people watching movies and like you said content the way we are now and probably will continue to explore that forever now and I don't know that if that hadn't happened you know if if this would have ever come to be you know there's no way to know but there is a certainty that it definitely helped the cause and helped right. the case to, to to have it finished made whatever um because you know i think they knew they needed some more stuff and when you're not able to make a lot of stuff especially in a timeline you know something that's 90 percent done you know well okay well we can squash one bug and you know in terms of the whole group kind of banging the drum for it but also just kind of put something interesting on the platform so yeah i don't know it's kind of i kind of felt like i don't know i, I never I, I wasn't like i was always for it and i always wanted to see it but i think that the idea you know, you get, you know, an inch and now they're going to go for a mile. Like they're going to just keep running with this, to try to get whatever Zack Snyder had in mind for the Snyderverse. But I think, you know, I do think it was kind of shitty of them to like come out like the Monday after yes, and be man. like, and be like, uh, here's this announcement for this movie and this movie and this movie. And like basically no acknowledgement of, of it, of it at all. I mean, like in kind of in some ways, like shading it a little bit, you know, um, talking about like viewership for Wonder Woman being higher than it and things like that. But I don't know that that's, I don't know that it's true. I, I mean, they didn't come out and flat out say that, but I mean, they didn't actually either. I don't feel like they truly acknowledge like the, the attention that it got for the platform over the weekend. You got to give people or, more or, time to finish uh, Justice yeah. League. So there's some people <laughs> who started hours, yeah. it and haven't finished it yet. And when they finish, you can count those right. numbers. Well, I guess what's what's the metric? If they watch two minutes of it, is that a watch? I mean, that's what Netflix does. So, What counts as a podcast play? Whatever that is, that should be applied to movies too. <clears throat> I think it's a, if, they, if you just download it. <laughs> I thought they just had to think about us and it counted as yeah, a play. Is that what it was? Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, it's just a weird thing. I mean, I guess maybe this is just a, it's like the, the Ray Fisher part is at the apex of this too, because it's a weird thing that it's, and I think you bring up a great point, Steve, as to the, this was a, an expensive, it was like 70 million that they put into it, but it wasn't 150 million or 200 right. million that they would have put into a new DC property. And they right. got, they got sort of the juice out of it that they yeah. would have gotten out of a major release in a lot of ways, or yeah. at least, I mean, if it's true that, that the goal is to get people talking this, I mean, here I am, you know, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm not even a big devotee of it. And I'm talking about it weeks afterwards. Well, Cause like my son and I have walked around the house and he, he'll just say out of the blue, like, you know, that movie wasn't that bad. It was just so long. Right. It's, like, right. it's like, it sticks with you. And he and I have had, he's very much like us. He likes to like things. And so he'll have that weird reaction of like, why did I, why was I kind of annoyed by this thing that should have been fun <clears throat> but so it's 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 lingering with a lot of people and i think that um in some ways as you mentioned steve is it a flex that the movie kind of really in your face says uh 
there's more to this idea. Yeah. But Zack yeah. Snyder doesn't seem like he's really that. I really buy that he's not that interested in going back to this that much. Um, I, I don't know that he wouldn't if given the chance. But when he says that he's like, like for him signing up for it, you know what I mean? It would have to be like a good deal. It wouldn't be like, yeah. oh, I'm just, I'm, I, I, I want to be part of this machine again. It would have to be the same thing he had before, which I just don't know if, if, if Warner Brothers is going to give him the kind of visionary status, like do what you want that that they gave him in the beginning. So I do feel like this is a weird moment because there's a Flash movie being made. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see in a couple of years how much is left of the Snyder the DCEU that he he started for them, you know, whether whether yeah. they've gone back to it in television shows or a movie or whatever it is, like what is demand and just the economics of the business, what's it going to lead them to do right. with this with this batch of characters? Because, you know, just the fact that he's back at all, and also that Whedon's out, that the whole Cyborg thing is especially strange when you think about the fact that, like, J- Zack Snyder was making a movie where Cyborg was a major character with all this power, and then Joss Whedon comes in and and diminishes that character so much in the movie that he made. So yeah. that, that has to be... I mean, I'm not saying that takes away from Gray Fisher's claims. I'm saying that has to be another part of this, of, like, this guy didn't... Of, of of the things that Joss Whedon threw out from the original movie, it was Cyborg story was a big, a big part of it. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll, maybe maybe there'll be some announcement coming soon. They've also said there's no I, A or cut or I or cut. Is it A or I or David David A from? The, uh, I, I don't I don't I mean. Well, David A, <laughs> the Suicide Squad guy. Dave, there, yeah, there, air, there was yeah. noise made about there being a, an edit because his movie was kind of taken away and maybe even in a stronger way than uh, uh, Justice League was. Like, it was taken away from him and pointedly re-edited to kind of get away from his vision. Um, And he said, yeah, there's another movie that, you know, but that fans would probably love. But (laughs) that's another thing they've said. It's like, there are no plans to to do the... I mean, I I believe believe that... I believe that there is. I mean, I think there's a different movie, movie for sure. Yeah, that movie exists. I mean, like, I feel like that more than the Justice League, uh, like, legend, like, Mm -hmm. that version of the movie, I think was even tested you know yeah. like, i think there's like proof that it was like screen tested you know right. with, with an audience and stuff but i feel like you know i think the fact is that when that movie was being made and in post-production you know bbs came out and didn't do as well as they thought it would and it was really kind of knocked down hard by critics so i think you know they pivoted during the production of that movie and justice league obviously you know was affected by it as well. But I mean, I do think, you know, um, I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't be sh- like, uh, you never say never. I mean, now that, now that like the precedent is there, that like something that was like, that's never going to happen. Like it's happened. You know, I guess the circumstances may point to one day, but I mean, I, I believe more than justice League that that movie does exist. Right. And, right. you know, from, from the fact that there is like actual, reporting that like that movie was tested you know what i right. mean and like was a completely different film and you I mean, know we knew that, that wasn't it like finished yeah. by the people that um that cut the trailer or something like was yes. that something yeah. yeah yeah it's just weird like that's just a weird story there's like a really good article i don't know if it's in variety recently because like you know he kind of was like he's been kind of banging the drum david air himself um even like kind of trolling some of the uh warner brothers people like you know tweeting about like we're not going to be pursuing this and like he's like kind of comment he's kind of commenting like why like why not <laughs> you know like he's just like trolling them on twitter and i can i follow him so i see him in my timeline it's pretty funny but um you know never say never man shit, shit, fucking justice league 
Snyder Cut it exists now. So you right, know, I think they, they just a, don't want to a, announce another one so quick on the heels of this to suggest yeah. that like yes, every movie we put out is going to get a another edit because it's almost like an admission of failure the first time. Well, yeah, you know, that's it. Yeah, that's it. You're like you're basically oh well, we did this and this was a well received thing and probably would have done better if we just let that movie come out. So we're going to announce immediately that we fucked this one up too. Right. And uh, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> here's the one that you're probably going to like more. Yeah. But we like workshopped it to death that like, you know, we kind of ruined it. Maybe, they try, maybe they tried to turn it more into a kind of Guardians thing, which is yeah, funny that totally. now the sequel is, or the reboot or whatever it is, is now totally yeah. a, a Guardians movie. Yeah. Which we haven't talked yeah, about man, that. You, yeah, you yeah. can mention that. That's news. Uh, the, the trailer for The Suicide Squad right. uh, dropped. Uh, what last oh no the other day or friday I think yeah it was mm-hmm. um yeah james gunn man i'm pumped i love I mean, it. it looks like james gunn doing james gunn and it looks like yeah. marvel fired him and dc said hey come on over here and help us out and then he, yep. they, he said I'll, I'll only do it i mean this is i'm making this up but i'll only do it if i can just be james gunn all over the place and they were like go be james gunn all over the place yeah <laughs> and again he brought over learned. the actors he likes to do he even brought over yes, like a needle exactly. drop that would be in a guardians of the galaxy movie i mean i, I it sounds like i'm kind of mocking it but it, it felt like nah, the most cool. wonderful yeah. comfortable uh like I just I guess we we're James Gunn guys, right? I mean, I you know that Definitely. he's been through yeah. his troubles, and we, I love him. We, I think he's got heart and humor, and he especially for this type of movie, he brings a quality to it that feels genuinely subversive and not just wink wink. Um, and I think that's hard to do with all the money and you know access that he has. But I think it helps that he has the kind of B movie ethics that he brings to these movies, like right along with the actors that he likes to work with. They're they're sort of yeah. like lucky charms, people that he likes to bring back. Um, yeah. Right, right. And uh, no, yeah, Idris Elba looks like he's having a blast. Finally, maybe Finally. who knows what's in the movie, but Idris Elba looks like he's having a blast in a special effects movie for the first time. It came close in Prometheus. He had some fun in yeah. that, but it yeah. wasn't much of a character. This really feels like the movie's saying, look, Idris Elba is turning on the charm and being like, and again, there's a little bit of heart. There's something going on with his character that feels more substantive than than just yeah. like, you know, one-liners. Um, so, what no. a cool-ass opportunity for him man like and sylvester stallone is king shark like (laughs) what like this movie is doing a bunch of things that i was not expecting like you know i i'd heard rumors that sylvester stallone was attached to the movie yeah then i find out that he's a a completely computer generated character that i love i think steve Steve agee did the mocap for that character on set oh cool and he's also playing looks like another character a character yeah yeah um you know, a character I've come to love through uh, the cartoon uh, version of Jesus. Why was my brain fried right now? The DC show with my brain's fried too. It's just that kind of day, Ronald. Maybe, maybe there's yeah. something in the air here in Baltimore. Man, what show is it? The show I told you that I love Harley Quinn. A uh, Harley Quinn. Harley Quinn's uh, the animated show. King Shark has a very big role in it. A lot of the characters from Suicide Squad that are kind of prominently shown are also in Suicide Squad. So, I mean, if you want to get some background, if you aren't familiar with the characters, check out the Harley Quinn cartoon, which I've talked about only 50 times. Uh, you, you'll get a little piece of the, 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 the sort of the characters that are going to appear in um, Suicide Squad. Really cool show. But By yeah, the way, I'm excited. Just to, just to 
remind the, uh, the the listener out there, they probably know this, but my son has discovered all the DC cartoons on HBO Max, and it's so like, <laughs> it's like the kids have look, just exploded every time look, I, man, I come in there. He's telling me some other. You know what's a really good one? You know what's a really good one? <laughs> yeah, you can, <laughs> which is you can which play. is awesome because I do know, and also that stuff. A lot of that stuff is taken directly from the comics, and so for yeah, me, yeah. it's cool to be able to say, "Oh yeah, actually, now there's a reason I kept this comic all these years. I can actually show you the, yeah. the story." Um, but no, it's like it's been, you know, it, like he's hit this, this this moment where he's like he has different phases where he gets interested in a different character a different franchise and right now it feels like the dc heroes are really on his radar so like and i was like yes those shows are good and and there's been several there's been like two or three good batman cartoons you know not just one yeah you can you can play with with dc's name in the movie space you can make fun of them all you want you cannot mess with the animated movies and the animated tv shows they are incredible they are out of this world yeah. and they've done it for so long like they have a catalog spanning 20 30 years at this point you know it's like it's it's insane how much content they have especially on hbo max like you said so yeah it's cool man and the um, and batman uh, the animated series restore sorry they did a yeah, HBO yeah restore i think you mentioned yeah i think you mentioned that on, the, on another it's episode gorgeous it's yeah, gorgeous it sir make it you is. want more things to do that um yeah what i've seen is a couple of things particularly animations that were first on the web or animated series that were first mm-hmm. on the web it's like you know those were low res things maybe but to think about the fact that a lot of these things were made and mastered and created at 480 yes yeah and so it's like to upscale <laughs> them now it's yeah. like you're not even it's you're just making a new thing you're just making yeah. a brand new thing you're seeing uh, more in the scenes. Yeah. Like it just it just does something different, man. So yeah, or anything that, that was made definitely. for DVD. Like I've seen, I've I've had a few movies that like uh you know they were documentaries or low budget movies that were made for DVD, and it's like well now this yeah. this this looks wretched by today's standard, and, right. and like so like who's going to go in and there's something about digital. Uh, low res it's like there's literally no more information there you know what I mean it's like yeah. when you blow yeah. it up there's nothing there it's not like yeah. film or video where you might be able to rescan yeah. the image and get some more yeah. information I don't know um, <clears throat> a bit of a tangent there it's pretty cool um, well do we want to talk a little bit about I, I don't know if you saw it Steve but Ronald and I both saw uh, the new movie Kong versus Godzilla is it Godzilla oh you guys Kong? watched it oh okay well, yeah. I watched it today with the fam you, oh, okay. you sounded so so betrayed just now y'all I, I, oh so you I, motherfuckers I, I, I just feel like well, I didn't know yeah, I, I didn't yeah. know that there was like a concerted effort to review it today so I, I didn't actually make an effort but go ahead and talk about it though all right well we'll talk now about I feel it bad. well we could just say a no no a few I, I, we talked about it last night and you didn't yeah, yeah. I didn't know that but you're, you're yeah. welcome to review well, it. I saw your thing when when I saw you I don't, this might be uh off mic I don't know but when I saw your thing I was like well I'm I was planning on seeing it with the family anyway so I would t- we, I could talk about it or not um no but, yeah um, you're welcome to talk about it but just we could do like a couple minutes we don't have to get into it too deep I would just say since it's new this week and it's the big uh we were just talking about HBO Max it feels like a good segue out of that world but what did you think of the the movie itself and and which one which which monster is first I'm I can't believe I'm spacing on Godzilla it. Godzilla. Godzilla that does have um, a better ring to it Godzilla versus blank all the things that I liked from Skull Island, this felt like it kind of embraced. I mean, it went off a little bit. So my biggest issue with this movie, it was, it, I've, I really, really enjoyed it, is that this focused on the human element maybe too much. Like, it was too much of the trying to figure out how to solve the problems for the monsters 
more than the monsters just being on screen at times. But when the monsters were on screen, oh my God, you're talking about like the feeling that you felt. Have you, I mean, watching some of the old Godzilla films when it was just carnage or even watching like, if, if you like Power Rangers, like the way that it felt when they were just fighting in between buildings, like you really yeah. feel it in this one. I didn't feel it so much in the Godzilla, not King of the Monsters, the first one with Brian Cranston, the yeah. I guess the first one of the reboots. Yeah. I didn't feel it. This one I really, really felt, man. I was just like, this is carnage and I need it to keep happening. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. I would suggest that anybody see it, if especially if you, you just want to see uh, you know, they kind of do the misfits trying to solve the issue as well. And the monsters kind of, it opens up a big world at the end. And I'm very excited to see what's going to happen. So, um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was great, man. It, it, it wasn't without any flaws, but mainly just focusing on the humans entirely too much. But I, I definitely enjoyed it. Yeah, I think it's an interesting thing that the Godzilla movies are disaster movies, you know, mm -hmm. like the way that yeah. they're structured. They're, there's like a cross-section of people dealing with a crisis, and there's destruction, and there's this, whether it's a tsunami or a, or a hurricane or whatever it is, mm -hmm. that, that it's like it's coming through. Godzilla kind of represents that. Um, and I think the Kong movies are different because there's not as many of them, or at least not of the, what we think of as Kong. Like Godzilla, there's this whole series, and we picture the sort of like, who's he fighting in this one? Um, but with Kong, it's a little bit different. We think of mm -hmm. Kong more as a character, this, this moody, lonely character. And Kong Skull Island really did a lot to sort of say, no, no, let's bring Kong into this realm of the monster. Yeah. Let's make him more of like, a, a, you know, like a heavy, <laughs> even though he is mm. always that. But you know what I mean? So much about Kong is about that, the the beast. So this movie just just jumps right in. It reminded me of Freddy versus Jason, which I know is kind of like a a flip because Freddy versus Jason is kind of patterned after like Godzilla versus Kong style matchups. But whereas mm -hmm. in a Freddy movie or a Jason movie, you, you, you dole out your Jason moments carefully, you know, um, and you wait, you build up to the moment where Jason shows up or Freddy shows up mm -hmm. in, in Freddy versus, versus Jason. These two characters are basically interacting. So it's kind of like, it starts with them. It picks up with them. You're spending a lot more time with them in that movie. Um, mm -hmm. that's, you know, many times in this conversation, I'm going to refer to the classic film, Freddy versus Jason. So everybody just get ready. Um, <laughs> but, but I mean, this movie starts with Kong, like literally waking up, like, you know, the cliche scene in a movie where someone's alarm goes off and they wake up. This movie actually starts with Kong waking up and it's like, he's our, he's our character. This is a movie about Kong going on an adventure, more or less. Yeah. There are human characters around him, but there's so much more just showing Kong, just showing Godzilla, mm -hmm. not like building up to it slowly. I mean, there is a little bit of buildup when Godzilla like emerges, but the idea that like, and it's kind of this way if you watch Alien versus Predator now too, that like, we're going to be spending more time with these creatures that we usually show you quick shots of. And it's kind of a neat format for, and it, it feels a little bit more B-movie-ish and a little bit more in, like, if people People look at the actual storylines of the classic Godzilla movies, th things get really crazy and sci-fi and weird. And I feel like this movie embraces all of that uh, and becomes really sci-fi and really weird. And it's like, it really is like Kong's fantasy adventure that you've just never seen this type of movie made this way before. And the question of who's going to win and who's good and who's bad, I feel like the movie did a pretty good job of handling... And as again, in any versus movie, you're going to have that question of how much of an antagonist is one character going to be and how much right. of a hero is one character going to be. This feels like a Kong movie, uh, but Godzilla is not like, 
you know, does you don't come away from it feeling like you got to hate one and, and, and love the other or whatever. And I, and I, you know, the human cast has fun. I feel like there was just some kind of weak sauce dialogue. Like there were moments where the actors are doing everything they can to make the moments work, but the, just the, the jokes weren't there. Um, right, right. I don't know if you know what I mean, Ronald, but it would cut yeah, to the yeah, kind of group absolutely. of misfit characters and they would be having some interaction that was like, eh, if I squint and pretend this is amusing, <laughs> this is pretty good. But it reminded yeah. me of like Pacific Rim where the human interactions would just sometimes feel like, oh, okay, that could have been better, but let's get back to the creatures. Um, and this, you know, this franchise is fun. I mean, I don't know. I, I really like Skull Island. Um I, I liked the Godzilla parts of the first Godzilla movie. I thought that movie was kind of a slog. I did not see King of the Monsters. However, I feel like I would have understood this movie a lot more <laughs> had I seen King yeah. of the Monsters. Because <laughs> there's a lot in this where they just are referring to this fantasy nomenclature and all this stuff that's going on. Everyone understands the background of the characters yeah. in a way that yeah, I did yeah. not. But I was able to you know, mentally fill in the blanks. But we, I, 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 going back, I would have watched the other one. I would have said, let's watch the, you know, watch both yeah. movies. But no, what, yeah, what did Henry think of it? <clears throat> You know, the screen went to credits and he said, that was good. So I think oh, it was yeah. one of those. Yeah. Kind of what Ronald said. It's a fun kind of B movie. It's you a fun you, you want to see it. Like, you you, you you have to admit it. Anyone that hears about this movie probably is like, at least they want to hear from somebody like, well, who won? Like, what happened? Yeah. What was that fight like? Right. Um, yeah. This movie comes up with, doesn't come up with much reasoning behind the why the battle is happening, <laughs> but there's a lot of dialogue shouted in between scenes by people that indicate like what's going on with these so-called titans and and why right. they might fight. But the bigger thing yeah. is just, you you know it's what it's about. And so they I thought they got to the good stuff pretty quick for this type of movie. And it didn't feel that long. I didn't look to see the runtime, but I don't think it was like painfully long was it ronald I mean, maybe i'm wrong but it no didn't, no it didn't feel it, like it was no. one of those two and a half hour movies that didn't uh, need to be so hour 53 oh yeah I was, okay i was gonna say it felt like it was under under two hours so you know for right, this right. type of movie they that's that's pretty brisk so yeah check it out see oh so also real quick if you want to see a really good godzilla film that has a lot of that's straight to the point and really good 2016, a Japanese Godzilla movie came out. It has three names, so you can find it under all three of these. Shin Godzilla, Godzilla Resurgence, and mm-hmm. then also Godzilla Returns. One of the best Godzilla movies I've ever seen. It leans into the B-movie sort of feel, and it really is. It's like a political thriller mixed with a Godzilla film. Incredible. But this was good. Don't get me wrong. This was really good, but check out that movie as well. Cool. Cool. We'll see. What did you watch? Well, I was going to just, I, I don't know if you guys, um, the one I just watched was um, the Netflix doc uh, called Operation Varsity Blues. Did you yes. guys check that out? Mm-hmm. Hold that on. was, I, I thought that was crazy. What was it, what was it about? Because I've seen a bunch of It's the It's the college That's admission that, scandal. Yeah, that, like the, Felicity Huffman Lori and yes. uh, Laurie Laughlin. I did see that. Yeah. They, with the, okay, I'll let you, yeah. Yeah, it's like it's got like the recreations with Matthew yes, Modine. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. I did yeah, see yeah, that. Yeah. I I mean like I feel like I knew quite a bit of this story like everybody cuz it was everywhere, you know, when it mm. when it went down uh, a few years ago, but like I just feel like for being so recent, like I feel like the amount that is in this like of the the tapes and the audio like all that stuff, like I I just think that was like really I thought it was really impressive like that they were able to kind of like Yeah explain this idea of the side door that he had going and like really kind of explore, you know, obviously these fucking horrible rich people, you know, that just like have 
the utmost privilege and like they don't even think about stuff you know even when they're talking about their kids like some of those that audio is just like hard to even listen to um but like you know that's one element of it but i think the doc goes really nicely and kind of really kind of shining a negative light on the actual colleges you know the actual admission uh procedure and like all the politics and all that stuff. I mean, I, and those two things married together, it just, it's like, there's no way this doesn't become corrupt, you know? And it made me think of oxy kingpins in the sense that like, yeah. it's pointing out a chain and yes. it's making you realize yeah, right. there's a person at the pharmacy that's, that's asking for more yep. pills. Yeah. And there's a person yeah. at the university that's saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, co- cool. So-and-so sent this person to me, then I know what to do. You know, it's like, it's just, right. and it's like a small moment maybe for that person, like a moral failing that, um, and it, it, the, the sense of entitlement about getting into one of these schools, I just don't quite understand it. Like, it was beyond my—I didn't feel like I was destined—I mean, I don't know. It depends on how you're raised, I guess. But that yeah, notion of, like, key. you've got to get into a school. Okay, help my kid get into school. But, like, they, it's got to be this school? I, to me, that just feels like that's where your Nuts. sympathy for the parents— and the pressures that kids are under, that's when all that goes away. Because there's like yeah. so many points in that chain you would have to realize, wait, this is all because we've got to go to this school. It's because yeah. it's like these kids aren't necessarily failures. Some of the kids are, you know, kids that would struggle to get into any school, it seems. But sure. some yeah. of the kids wouldn't. And I think that's the those are the kids that really got robbed, is their parents were bribing people to let them in so they get into a better school when they could have probably gotten in <laughs> to any number of like non Another great prestigious school. schools. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. right. College. Let's talk about college for just a second. Where do you, where do you two <laughs> fall on the idea? Because I think that like it's a shame that in society that it's like it's a benchmark for how hard have you tried, how seriously did you take yourself and your career. But there are so many jobs that it's completely irrelevant to, and so many super successful yeah. people who didn't go to school, and they're not like all like tradesmen, even though. Trades are a great thing to be working in nowadays, as opposed to a lot of the, I don't know, I just feels like as a, you know, even though we're a few years away from those decisions, I look at Henry and it's like, when I was Henry's age, getting into college, going to school, that was, it was understood. But it's like, I I would, I'm thinking like, yeah, maybe that'll be the right path for him. But part of me wonders, like, is it really more about having that buffer between being on your own and being in your parents' house? That yeah. you're sort of like you can still call mom and dad, but and they're yeah. doing they're letting you do that because you're in school. So maybe if we gave kids a few years out of high school to say we'll still pay for you, um, yeah. but you have to be working on something. You know that's kind of what it feels like. But also the question of like are we becoming increasingly credentialized? And if someone doesn't go to college, are they now worse off than they would have been before? Even if the bachelor's degree itself is not worth that much. Oof, man, that is a rough. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. My experience. Um, you know, I graduated in 2001 before the Internet was great. It it had potential, but it wasn't great. You couldn't find jobs the way that you could now. And so the accomplishment of graduating was pretty big because I had to be you know, I couldn't be. I mean, for lack of, I mean, full transparency, I couldn't be black and not have a degree and try to get into the, some of the spaces that I was in. So it was like a thing where like, they're just like, do you have a degree? And I say, yes. And then I went into the door. Like it just, it was, it was, it was some, it was some notability, but I got to tell you in, in my whole life, the one thing that people hire me for is working at Apple. It yeah. is the strangest they, as soon as people found out that I, I taught classes there, 
that in that I work there, that it's like, come on in, please, please. I, there's prestige that comes with certain types of jobs. There's there there's a certain like uh, acceptance once you do that. But yeah, I'd say, I mean, sure, like yeah, it was the degree. And then they're like, and you worked at it. I can't handle this. Like they yeah. damn near gave me the job right there. I got hired on the spot one time because of that. So yeah. I'd say I had to kind of become a Swiss army knife. And my experiences were kind of the collection of things, the pay cuts that I took, you know, $20,000 pay cuts that I took to work at a place just to get the, the, the experience. Yeah. To then have this Swiss Army knife of things and be like, all of this, and I worked at Apple, is the reason why I'm as successful as I am. I took a shit ton right. of pay cuts. Well, I mean, how many but, friends do you even know what their college degree is in? I think that would be like the true test of this. You know, it would be like, yeah. how many people do you really know what they what they went to school for? All you know is yeah. that they are working or that they are professional, you know? And it's like, you get to those jobs through so many ways. And again, I'm not saying it's not an incredibly important experience. I'm just wondering what yeah, the yeah. value of it is. If, as we're seeing in this movie, people are clawing to get into like this short list of places yeah. that guarantee you some kind of future that I don't even know if that's true anymore, but maybe it is. Maybe Harvard will all Always, maybe that's like Apple times five or something. It'll just be like yeah, I mean, having that will always look good no matter no matter what, you know. It, yeah. Okay, last thing. I have really weird, I have really weird experience with this college thing. My dad went to Princeton and he was not a super successful person. So I saw that and that gave me this weird idea about Ivy League schools. I was like, how could like you're here with me? Wow, <laughs> you went to Princeton. What, what does this mean? From what does this mean? It, it 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 demystified it very early for me. So the idea of all that stuff, he knew people that went to Princeton that weren't like millionaires. Mm -hmm. So that you know, I had early experience with like the demystification of Ivy League schools. My dad, I would get the Princeton Review in our mail. Did he tell you and at that point? Did he say like, "By the way, we've got only about five or six hundred thousand socked away for you to go to Princeton too"? <laughs> it was it was crazy. He got he got a scholarship. So like, my idea about Ivy League schools was super screwed yeah. up from a very early age. So um, I'm I'm a bad person to ask about that. Of right. Course. No, yeah. I just think it's an interesting question because the, you know the movie doesn't get that much into it, but it is it's part of the thing for me of just like what are these kids the stress we're creating for kids <laughs> especially you know about yeah, what school they yeah. get into like that defines your whole life and it's like well maybe it will but also it also might have nothing to do with the person that nothing you, become, man. you know like we think one Steve, of the right? I mean, uh, what, well, I'll say like what no no it's cool one of the prep you know one of the prep uh interviewees like that they're talking to actually i think there's two of them i mean the point they make basically is that like it's not a question of i, like, I think there's two different questions like is college necessary? Like, is that experience necessary? Do you need a college education to be successful right. in life? I, I don't, I don't, I personally don't think you do. Uh, you know, my experience, and it sounds right. like maybe some of yours, you know, it's, it's just sometimes it's hard to get the experience without it. And it's that kind of dilemma that you, that we yeah. face in situations like that. And it's yeah. maybe becoming less and less like that now for, for people. I don't know. But I mean, I agree that like most of the jobs I've gotten, Really, I don't think my college education really had anything to do with getting those jobs. Um, right. And I don't know that my college education, you know, didn't inform what I'm doing today. Maybe I've learned things that I apply on a regular basis, probably. 
But um, I could have probably gotten that experience, that information by maybe joining the workforce earlier or maybe doing a trade or, you know, right. we work in IT, you know, you know, I work in IT. Like if I had I started that earlier, you know, I probably would be a lot better in a lot better place than I am now. But I think the other side of this, like with the movies really talking to you, where they really kind of try to hit is just the prestige of these Ivy League schools or these top 10 yeah. schools that are on, you know, the top college list that comes out every year and all that stuff like I think they really kind of hit the fact that like, you know, it's not a question of can you get a college education? It's it's whether you have to have the one that, you know, yeah. there's a there's basically like a racketeering system set up <laughs> to get kids into it. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, do you need that education? And the answer for most people is absolutely not. But I mean, it's kind of crazy that a lot of the people that are involved in this that have to get in there that are involved in this whole case, the 50 plus people being charged. You know, they're all people who are extremely wealthy, who it's all yeah. about, it's all about, you know, your reputation and your, you know, this high society, you know, this up upkeep of like an image, you know, like, and I think that is really the biggest factor of what went on here. I think there's a lot of people getting into these schools based on their, you know, based on their academics. And that really is super competitive and crazy and a whole different kind of stress ball for like people that are in that bubble or in that segment of admissions, like people that are genuinely being admitted because of their academics, mm -hmm. you know, that's like a lifetime, like uh prep thing. Like, like these yes. guys on the, sh you know, these, these people that are being interviewed in the doc are talking about, like, I'm doing stuff with them for three years to get them ready for this. And these conversations are happening and being done over the course of weeks because of money, you know, like that's, that's right, the difference. Right. And I mean, I don't know that there's a need for that in general, but I think they do a pretty good job in the, in the, in the, doc which i also wanted to note was great that it was like a doc not a doc series because i think that's a, there's enough in this to really kind of give me enough yeah. that I don't, I don't need three or four oh and you can totally it. feel you could feel oh. this material being stretched out that way you know oh my but, god but, you know yeah, i agree absolutely I agree too a yeah. different kind of thing maybe like where there wasn't you know they weren't doing reenactments or whatever but i i enjoyed you know the the length of this yeah, that it was no, like was... kind of like enough to really get the picture of what what happened and why it's so bad that it happened and like yeah. you know the just the, all the moving parts but the college yeah. admission stuff it's I mean, crazy that is man. just it's just it's bonkers to me that you know how they differentiate between the side door and the back door and the back door has existed for generations it still does and and you hear about that all the time and that shit is like talked about openly and happens you know yeah, yeah. and this kind of thing which is this is just despicable you know like it's gross. And yeah. they got caught, you know, for it and they should be in prison. I, you know, like I, this is ridiculous. Um, but like the fact that that even like exists also, like it just, I just, I don't know, man, I just can't believe that that openly is talked about and, you know, and, and it's just like laughed, you know, it's kind of like yeah. laughed away, you know, like, Oh yeah. I, I uh, donated to a library at the school and uh, my kids got in like, you hear, I hear about that shit all the time. Like, and it's like in the, yeah, you know, it's like, yeah. I don't know. It's just like such a disgusting thing, basically, is all I'm saying. saying. Like, it's just, you see that the way they talk so callously about their kids and just about money and education and, you know, the impact of what they're taking away from somebody who maybe really deserves that admission. That's that the key is thing. just like, that's but, just like the, the fucking, that's what's broken about the whole thing is that people get, su people suffer victims that they had no awareness of and no care for at all. And that's just, that just breaks my heart. People that are busting their ass yeah. and trying to do it the right, right. way, which again, right. maybe 
maybe if you're really cynical, you would say, well, this system is so broken and we've known that for so long that anyone who thinks it's not broken is a fool or whatever. But it still doesn't take away from the fact that some kid actually busted their ass yeah. and, like you said, got the grades. Um, yeah. And they're, they're, they're having a hard time competing with someone who's got half a million. Uh, money. Which, yeah. which also, those amounts, fucking staggering. And, and that that's like the low end of the spectrum when he's talking about, you know, these... Some of these other donations are in the millions. Like to, the back yeah. door is more expensive than the side door. People need to watch the movie so they understand what we're talking about. What did you think of the yeah. the, the the use of the reenactments? I felt like it was part of the production value that made this movie feel like a good movie <laughs> somehow. Yeah. Was the yeah. fact that they were well shot and kind of well acted. I, I'm, I'm to believe or to understand that these are direct transcripts of actual phone conversations. And, yeah. and I'm kind of glad we didn't have to just listen to the transcripts. There was a similar thing with the beginning of um, Sasquatch. It, it explained that there right. were going to be reenactments of phone calls. Um, and there's footage of the guy on the phone, you know, with the reenactment of the phone call. And sometimes it tricks you. You forget and you think you're watching a real piece of footage. I feel like this movie yeah. sidesteps that a little bit by putting someone like Matthew Modine, putting actors that you might recognize in the roles. And that was kind of fun, right. too, to just see who's who and who's playing who. But I, I do think that, like, it's so obviously fabricated. It's not trying to fool you. Um, it is a big thing about documentaries, though. It's like, what are they? Are they tricking you into thinking you saw the truth when really you saw a, a, a movie, essentially. And I thought yeah. this the, the, this film segments and this one were so well made that I was like, oh, wow, I'm almost being hypnotized by their quality. And it's it's like, it's uh, glossing over that issue of, does is that tricking me into thinking that like, this is exactly how it happened? Um, right, but I think right, for this right. movie, it really worked for the, for the structure of it. Um, and made you yeah. realize you would have watched the drama about that, you know, like that. The, yeah. the, I'm sure that there will be one. I'm yeah. sure. Well, I mean, it's like just use the Matthew Modine scenes from this. And you've got <laughs> yeah. But I thought he was really this good, and he was good casting too, because he's always oh had he's always had a so slightly kind of alien quality to him, you know. And you yeah. could just believe that he's a guy who's who's thought his way around this situation, and uh, um, and you know, like kind of like thinks he's better than everybody, but is also kind of yeah. strangely dispassionate about it. <laughs> <clears throat> this may be the first time that the actual person is much more incredible than the actual. Like, did you see that guy? Yeah. Yeah. Rick Singer is like a ripped dude that like looks like he wanted to fight the reporter when they got a, it. I, I bet was he was mad ready. that they like got Matthew Modine to like comb his hair. They really didn't make him look like him at all. They just Spaz, said, let's let, spazzy. They just like, said, let's make him look like he has shitty hair. It doesn't matter, if, yeah, you know, because yeah. Rick, Rick Singer had like curly hair. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah no, it, it was almost jarring when it would cut to a real shot of him because it was yeah, like, oh like, man, this is a guy. Yeah, he's this nice. is a handsome dude. Yeah, like it's really strange. But yeah, it was oh. it was a really cool doc, man. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Um. So what else have you been seeing? Have you seen? Um, what about you? I don't know. What did you, what did you guys? Did you, did you watch it, calls or did you hear? Listen. To okay, calls so I watch. We watched the first three episodes. Steve, I'm gonna punch you in the chest. <laughs> Why? I'm gonna. I was fucking petrified. Oh, <laughs> I, so okay. we dimmed the lights. We dimmed the lights and we just turned it on. And we're like, you know, I have the speakers. Yeah. Oh, I bet that's great with that setup. I wasn't ready, man. I'm. We're, we're gonna finish it. I yeah, was please, terrified. Uh, that's great. That's me. great. Um, I got nothing else. What, what, anything you wanted to mention, John? 
Um, I'm going to take a moment to be self-promotional just because timing-wise this works out perfectly. That the day this episode comes out, sure. I, I have a new album uh, by my alternate identity, my musical, it's kind of a band, but it's also kind of just me. It's Sci-Fi, that's S-I-G-H-F-I-G-H. We have a new album, I, we have a new album uh, out on Bandcamp today called Songbirds. And if you go to sci-fi.bandcamp.com, you'll see it right there. And the reason I'm mentioning it is because today, April 2nd, is uh, maybe the last, I don't know, Bandcamp. Friday, where they started doing this during COVID to help musicians, uh, which is that they're waiving their royalty fee. So if you buy oh, it right. today, if you buy my album today, you will be giving most of your money directly to me and not giving a cut to Bandcamp. But I want to stress that if you buy my album on any other day, you're still giving a decent amount of money to me. <laughs> uh, so still don't be it. one yeah. of these people who says, oh, I didn't find out about your album it. until yeah. Saturday. I missed my yeah. chance. Yeah. It's like, no, 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 no. It's still good to buy. Still good to support your favorite artist but uh <laughs> april 2nd today is a great day to um uh, support me or any other artist that might have music up on bandcamp because like i said bandcamp very generously has been doing this thing it's for about the last year i think um wow. you know to help help artists out and it's it's a nice little bump if you can get it and that's why i timed something brand new for that day to hopefully make it really worth people's uh uh, buck. So oh, man. there you go. A little nice. self-promotion. Sci-fi.bandcamp.com. That's S-I-G-H-F-I-G-H. The album is Songbirds. Okay. I'm going to buy the shit out of that. Buy, buy all the shit right out of it. I'm going to buy the shit out of that. Um. <laughs> oh, one more sh show I wanted to talk about, and I may have talked about it before. Another HBO thing, Um, Industry. I may have briefly talked about it before. Industry is one of those shows that just hit me like a ton of bricks. It's about um, a woman uh, that is coming from the U.S. Uh, and is working in uh, stocks and uh, stocks in, in in London. And it's about yeah. her. It's a fish out of water story about this woman trying to make her own, create her own sort of freedom and work her way up the ranks in this sexist, racist, weird sort of high octane environment. And seeing what this character does to kind of survive is just so cool, man. Like you're seeing things from uh, an actress, a, a couple actresses in the show that I just haven't seen on screen before. Um, industry has hit, hit me hard, man. I, I talk about it when, you know, when somebody's like, What's a weird show that I haven't seen? Industry. Check it out. It's just, it's really cool, man. Yeah, I feel like I heard a lot about that, like yeah. kind of filling, filling like a, a slot, like where the lack of a third season of succession, like people were kind of mm. saying that that show kind of helped HBO, HBO Max out, kind of coming along. And, and when they when they purchased it or acquired it, didn't it, didn't it air somewhere else first? I think that it did. I think that it did. It's, yeah. It's, it's a, it Great kind of sure. was a nice like addition to their their uh, release schedule, but yeah, I, I I I that's one that's like buried down on the list, man. That I remember hearing about, and I just haven't gotten around to watch it yet. But that's good that you liked it. Yeah, so it was originally on BBC Two, not that's to be confused was, right? with BBC One. Yeah, don't ever confuse. Don't those ever two. confuse. Don't ever confuse those two. You want to see the wrath? Yeah. You confuse those. <laughs> you I saw it on BBC Two, well, BBC One. Yeah. Like, punch in the stomach. I don't know why I've been threatening violence all uh, this uh, this whole episode, man. It's I apologize. I'm telling you, something's in the air today. <laughs> something is in the air. We're grumpy and sluggish, and yeah, 
We just need a we need, we need a do over. But I'm not calling tomorrow Thursday. I'm calling it New Wednesday. I'm just gonna, I'm ah, just gonna bump everything back. So if I'm a like day it. off from here on out, you guys know why. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. Cool. So is that is that it? Is that all the things we've seen? That might be two ninety three. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that, that wraps it up, man. Uh, I don't know what we have planned for two ninety four. We might consider continuing the nightmare mm. uh, watch them all and not but, just the um, nightmare of this show continuing for you listeners <laughs> but <laughs> the nightmare on <laughs> Elm Street film series <laughs> yeah that, that. you're trash watch them all your punishment was that you were a guy who liked podcasts and then you fell asleep <laughs> and then Freddie brought you movie schmovie yeah I'm excited man I'm excited about maybe it. we'll do that yeah maybe, maybe we'll, so. we'll figure it out see what else we got coming down the pike um yeah. but yeah, so uh, movieshmovie.com is a site. Uh, Pod.link slash movieshmovie is a great kind of landing page that we'd like to promote where you can kind of jump off from there to whatever podcast platform you might prefer to use on your phone, on your computer, uh, your tablet, whatever you're using. But you can kind of hit that page up and you can listen to everything right from the page if you want. Um, you can follow us on facebook.com slash movieshmovie. Instagram and Twitter are the same, uh, .com slash movieshmovie. Um, and like John mentioned earlier, we do have a YouTube series that we do weekly while there's uh, new content airing for Marvel, whether it's on Disney Plus or Disney Plus in theaters. Right now, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier is kind of right in the middle of their first season. Mm. Uh, so if you want to check out our kind of discussion recaps that we try to put up every weekend for that, um, those are available only on YouTube. And you can watch other episodes of this podcast on YouTube as well. If you like to watch the video instead of subscribing to a podcast, you can watch them all there too. So please go there, subscribe. And turn on notifications so that you can be alerted when new episodes drop of this podcast and also Marvel Schmarvel. So uh, if you guys are good, yeah. we can wrap it up. And uh, we'll see you guys next week for 294. As always, you've made our day. Thanks. Bye.